You're listening to Public Safety First, a podcast to help you learn about the First Responder Network Authority and how you can be part of the future of public safety technology. And now, your host, Dave Buchanan. Welcome to the Public Safety First podcast. We're here in Orlando, Florida at the International Association of Chiefs of Police Conference, where the First Responder Network Authority team has had uh, a series of terrific engagements and meetings. We've been involved in a number of panels where we've discussed uh, the benefits of FirstNet, the use of data in law enforcement settings. We've been involved in a number of committee meetings where we've been able to talk about the value proposition and our engagement program going forward. We've also had the opportunity to meet with uh, individual law enforcement executives, those that have traveled here to learn more uh, at the International Association of Chiefs of Police Conference. And I'm joined today by Captain Craig Schwartz of the Santa Rosa Police Department. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Craig. Thanks very much. Happy to be here. Uh, Craig's uh, just started uh, a new drone program for his uh, police department, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. He was just appointed to the Aviation Committee at IACP, and we're going to talk about that. But Craig, as we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your background? How'd you get into policing, and how'd you wind up as the the leader of the new drone program? Uh, sure. Um, I honestly kind of fell into this job. I, my whole life, designed, or wanted to be a, a fighter pilot and fly jets, and uh, went to the Naval Academy and graduated from there. Uh, uh, ended up in flight school being uh, coming down with an illness that uh, precluded me from continuing with the Navy uh, and was suddenly left with no real backup plan uh, and got into law enforcement in my hometown where I grew up and it just fit well. I really loved it as a career, loved the people I was working with and have been there for the last 26 years working my way up through the ranks. I got into, I've always been an aviation uh, guy and, and very enthusiastic about it. I, I fly uh, as a private pilot and have also always been interested in sort of innovative technologies and how they can aid us in our public safety mission. When I started seeing even just the, the, the hobbyist drones that are being flown around now by, by people in the community, uh, I saw that as a device and a tool that could have a lot of utility for law enforcement, for public safety. And through a master's program, I was in, did some research on how law enforcement can not only use the unmanned aircraft technology, but how they can implement the program while earning their community's trust for it. So let's talk about that a little bit. We earlier, we were discussing, hey, I'm fascinated by drones as well. And, um, but really curious to hear you describe some of the law enforcement use cases associated with drones. I mean, everyone sort of knows what they are and has seen them uh, here and there, but how are you using it? And can you describe them? the benefits you've already seen from your from your um, drone program? You know, I think really the, the utility of drones in law enforcement in particular is a field that is just starting to open up. Really almost anything that you could use a, a police helicopter for, uh, I think you will eventually be able to use a drone for, uh, with the exception perhaps of rescues where you're actually trying to, to lift somebody out of a hazardous situation. You know, we, I envisioned them initially uh, using them for search and rescue, looking for missing persons uh, on perimeter searches where you may have a, a criminal suspect who's fled from law enforcement and is you know now hiding in the backyard or, or within a perimeter uh, that officers have set on the ground for tactical scenarios, either both inside and outside to give a, a, an aerial view and provide a better perspective and allow law enforcement leaders the information they need to make better decisions. So 
describe in a little more detail, if you could, um, the drone obviously has a pilot. Um, the drone's going to, in that, in that scenario, is going to have a camera. Is there, um, what, what kind of personnel does it take to, to operate the drone in that setting where, you're wanna, where you want to use it to give uh, additional situational awareness or additional visibility to the, your law enforcement agency? How many people are involved and what's that like? Sure. At a, at a minimum, you're going to need uh, the pilot, the remote pilot, and a visual observer. Uh, you have to keep the, the drone within line of sight to comply with the law right now. So you're going to need somebody who's got eyeballs looking at the device the entire time it's in the air, and then the pilot who will be also uh, focusing attention on the, the screen and the, the view that they're seeing from the drone's camera. Uh, you may, depending on the situation, need another person on the ground just to keep an eye on the, the pilot and the visual observer. There have been times where agencies have been using drones to, say, follow a fleeing suspect, and the, the drone operator, drone pilot, is looking at the screen saying, okay, well, he's coming down the street, and he's going by, the, oh, wait, that's me. And the guy runs right by him. Hmm. And so you need to keep situational awareness on the ground as well. Uh, and then, really, it depends on you know, what level of scenario you're dealing with. Um, but the ability to, to transmit the data from the drone to a larger screen where you could have an incident commander or a tactical commander um, or to uh, just officers in the field to give them that better situational awareness would really help that too. And that's an exciting uh, aspect that FirstNet can bring to this this uh, scenario you just described is the ability to send that signal and those images and those uh, those video to any law enforcement personnel that needs that at, at your discretion uh, be able to have the uh, ability to do that. I think it could be really powerful. Exactly. Uh, right now for ours, we're just getting our program started. So when we are getting the downlink from the drone's camera to the controller in that we have out in the field, it's over just the, the Wi-Fi uh, system from the drone to the, the controller or iPad that, that you have. Uh, and it's operates over a pretty short distance and is, is limited in, in how far, how many people you can transmit that to. So having the ability to use a different uh, network to securely downlink that video or those photographs to multiple users in the field over a wider distance would be a huge benefit to all public safety. Uh, talk a little bit about, if you would, the training involved um, for your pilot, for your visual observer. Um, what was that like? How long did it take? Um, and how many people in your agency have been trained and are able to uh, operate and be a part of the drone program? Sure. Well, for our program, we have decided that all of our remote pilots will need to be FAA certified. Uh, through uh, Part 107 of the, the new regulations that the, uh, the federal government has adopted. Um, so everybody will have to go through and, and get their remote pilot certificate from the FAA. Uh, additionally, we will provide monthly or quarterly training uh, to deal with you know, law enforcement-specific uh, issues, scenarios, um, and find there, there are more and more schools and courses becoming available to train law enforcement operators, public safety operators, really, on things like how to fly and operate them during hours of darkness, uh, how to use the infrared systems that are available, um, how to fly them, say, indoors, 
Uh, they would be very useful, I think, for uh, some tactical scenarios involving SWAT teams or high-risk searches of buildings, um, potentially active shooter scenarios where you could very rapidly and safely search an area, even an area inside a building, with a drone rather than having to send officers into harm's way first. How hard was it uh, for you to convince your your, your leadership that we should inv- that you should invest in a drone program? You know, it was the I think the most critical part of the process. Um, convincing the city leadership uh, and also the community that this is uh, something that will benefit the community and that we will use responsibly and constitutionally. Uh, my master's research was on the topic of how to implement a drone program while earning the community's trust uh, for the use of a controversial technology. In my research, I really looked heavily at the IACP's recommendations on how to implement a program like that and, and used case studies to test whether those recommendations were effective. And what I found was that, yeah, if you do it right, if you are transparent with your community uh, and talk about the benefits and talk about some of the, the potential misuse of them uh, and gather community feedback and feedback from your elected leaders on how they would like these things to be used and what protections or controls should be in place to prevent any privacy violations, uh, for example, uh, then it's, it's an easier way to do it and you're far more likely to win your community's trust for it. As we see more and more of the agencies using these things now, it's, um, it's, it's going to be to the point where I think eventually people will just get used to seeing them in public safety and in law enforcement. So give us a recent example of how you've put the drone program to use and what was the outcome of that event? Sure. You know, I can think of two great operational examples, one that we had with our program and one that helped us get our program up and running. Um, first, a year ago today, uh, was the, the the wildfire, the Tubbs fire that, that burned through my city uh, and destroyed in that fire over 5,200 homes in basically one night, 3,000 inside the city limits. In the wake of that, uh, a number of agencies uh, like the Alameda County Sheriff's Office uh, came up and were flying drones in support of my city and doing aerial mapping and providing better situational awareness and, and helping with the recovery efforts uh, after the fire. That I was able to use to show the community how these things really can benefit us. When we got ours uh, up and running, our, our first mission, our second mission actually, was uh, in support of our fire department. Uh, there was a, a liquid oxygen tanker truck that was trying to refill tanks at Kaiser Hospital uh, in Santa Rosa. And during that transfer process, there was a large explosion that uh, injured the driver uh, and blew debris all over the place and and was uh, still leaking liquid oxygen right next to the freeway and shut down north and southbound Highway 101 uh, at rush hour. And we used the drone in support of the fire department and and got an aerial view to provide their command post with an eyeball on what was happening. And and we were able to to get uh, that resolved more quickly and safely for the firefighters, everybody at the hospital, uh, and get the traffic open up on the freeway much faster. 
So we're here at ICP. You're part of the Aviation Committee. Uh, what are the issues that you're trying to tackle in the Aviation Committee? It's my first meeting with the committee, so I'm kind of waiting to see. I know that they've been focused heavily on unmanned aircraft, though, and I, I expect they will continue to be. Well, this has been great, Craig. I really appreciate your time today. appreciate you sharing the details of the drone program at the Santa Rosa Police Department. I was glad that I got a chance to meet you, and uh, best wishes with, with the rest of the conference. Well, thank you very much, and uh, thanks for having me. I appreciated the opportunity. Thanks for listening today. We're excited to have you join our podcast community. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. You can learn more about the First Responder Network Authority at FirstNet.gov and learn about FirstNet products and services at FirstNet.com. FirstNet.com.